up, everybody? Welcome to episode 54 of the 2QB Experience. My name is Greg Smith. I'm your host. You can find me on Twitter at Greg Sauce. Find all my work at 2QBs.com. This podcast, as always, is brought to you by 2QBs.com. And I'm joined today by one of our writers. This is Jeff Dumont, longtime friend of mine and nemesis in home leagues. <laughs> uh, if you uh, are familiar with his work, you know he does the DraftKings quarterback picks for us uh, every Friday at the site. So be sure to check those out. And I want to start off today with some accountability about that. In week two, you picked Philip Rivers in cash games. How do you feel about that? He finishes the QB9, 17 plus points. You feel good? I feel pretty good. That's actually better than I thought he finished. I think he had over 300 yards and only one touchdown. I was hoping for two or three. Now, I was stacking it with Antonio Gates, which was lucky, but nice. uh, Keenan Allen too. But uh, I feel all right about that with cash games, especially. I had him, I, I had these points based upon something, I think fantasydata.com. So they meant to be. Yeah. These might not be like right spot on with what DraftKings yeah. scores him at, but I, I mean that's pretty good, especially if you're going for just a, a cheaper option. Is that generally your approach in cash games? Are you looking for a guy who is yeah. lower cost just so you can fit more studs at other positions? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I always I go bo- from bottom top. Like I literally was thinking about Josh McCown because I was like, oh, he's like three thousand five hundred, you know? Because I feel like the return on the chance that I'm going to get return on inv- investment from a lower price QB is much higher than if I take like Aaron Rodgers at like. 7,500. And know? so I assume the same is true for you in GPP. It's like that's why you picked Jared Goff. Yeah, yeah. I try to get those low-owned players that might, you know, bust out. Like how many people are going to have Jared Goff, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I, and for GPP specifically, I try to go for those diamonds in the rough that are going to have a low percentage ownership because I want that million dollars. Like every every, yeah. every week I do two or three entries into the million dollar challenge. And uh, I doubled up this week, so my 20 turned into 40. So Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, golf didn't yeah. really work out, unfortunately. No. Yeah. It seemed like you probably either needed to be on the car Crabtree yeah. stack yeah. or on some sort of stack with New England, I guess. That's The winner for the Million Dollar Challenge had Tom Brady, uh, Hogan, and Gronk. Yeah, okay. so, yeah that yeah. makes a lot of sense. And that that's kind of one of the more obvious plays, it seems like, right? You look yeah. at the high over-under in that game, the fact that they were playing the Saints... And the fact that you know they had lost all these other options on the on the team, like Danny mm-hmm. Amendola's hurt. Yeah, uh, yeah, I could see that because he probably not only had that lineup, he probably had another lineup with Brandon Cooks in it. I mean, especially when it yeah. comes to these multi-entry contests, you kind of gotta take a look at which offense you like the most and then try right. a bunch of different iterations, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I should have thought about it. It was so obvious. Like, the, the Patriots in that game yesterday, he, they had like 12 or 13 days since the previous game. Mm-hmm. It was an FU game. We lost week one in yeah. the Saints defense. It was, and, and Brady always plays so much better in, in a dome than at home, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, exactly. I had Brandon Cooks in all my lineups and he was a dud. He got tackled at the two-yard line and then uh, I think Brady underthrew him for a long touchdown. So, Cooks should have had a nice game in his return to New Orleans narrative, but that didn't work out. <laughs> Do you feel like you got any, like, larger lessons from week two that you're going to carry forward to week three, like any other, like, strategy for DFS? Like, not even just to the quarterback position, but anywhere? Yeah, it's almost just, like, don't overthink it. Like, just look at the Vegas total. I mean, I mean, there you go. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the that Saints-Patriots game had the highest total on the board, or maybe the second highest. I think it's 54. I think Atlanta was 56. Yeah, Atlanta Green Bay but, was up there. I think so, yeah. So it was just so obvious, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I was just trying to get a little too cute with Jared Goff. I know the Jared Goff's game had the third highest total on the board. 
So, so I was like, and St. Louis or LA was minus three. So I was like, yeah, maybe Goff gets two or three touchdowns. But no, it went to Gurley. <laughs> yeah, I think we found out that Goff actually just isn't <laughs> yeah, that good. It was like that first game was all about the Indianapolis defense and not about him. Yeah, he's still Jared Goff. <laughs> all right, so let's uh, dive into some more stuff from week two. Uh, talking about the biggest developments for two quarterback leagues, and, and we're going to shift from DFS to you know redraft mentality here. Yeah. Sam Bradford sits out. Case Keenum comes in. Case Keenum still stinks. Like, do you have anything to take away from the situation? Like, if Keenum starts again, are you more interested this week because the matchup's better, or are you just going to kind of stay away from the situation until yeah. Bradford comes back? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to stay away from the situation until Bradford comes back. I think that show, that just showed how important Bradford was to the team. Mm-hmm. Like, not only did they give up a first-round pick for Bradford last year, the uh, the the point spread changed from, like, minus 7 Pittsburgh to almost minus 10 when Ke- when Bradford sat and Keenum went in. So Vegas even knows that Bradford's worth at least three points, which is crazy, you know? for QB's generally one or two-point difference, but three... Yeah. So, yeah, Bradford looks good, put it that way. Or maybe Pittsburgh's good, too. But, uh, yeah, I'm saying, it looks like Bradford's coming back next week, though. Yeah, I hope so. I have him on a ton of my two QB rosters, uh, including in the Scott Fishbowl, where I had to start fucking Jacoby Brissett this weekend. Boy, I think I I still am going to get a win there, but, like, just the the feel-bads of starting, like, these second-string, even, I guess Brissett's considered a third-string guy at this point, which is, I mean, maybe he should have been starting ahead of Tolzien, but who knows. Right. Um, Elsewhere, with the Browns, Kevin Hogan came in for Deshaun Kaiser for a little bit. Uh, Migraines for the rookie there. I'm not too worried about Kaiser, but I do think it's important to note here that Hogan is the legitimate backup, right? He has that rushing ability like Kaiser does. So I think it kind of makes sense that they installed him as the number two because he can come in and approximate more of what Kaiser gives them. Mm. I, I think that Cody Kessler is just droppable at this point. I, yeah. Like, even if you're holding him, like, in a really deep 2QB league, like, it seems like Kevin Hogan's the guy, right? Yeah, absolutely. When uh, Hogan came in, I remember Twitter was blowing up, like, oh, Hogan's gonna take the job from Kaiser, you know? He actually looked pretty good, yeah. and, but luckily Kaiser had that long leash that Hugh Jackson was talking about, and uh, he came in when his migraines went away, I guess, took mm-hmm. some pills. But, um, but yeah, it looks like Hogan is would be pretty good in, in relief, you know? <laughs> you do have to forecast, like, a lot of this stuff, not just based upon talent, though right this is a great example of a team where they are only building for the future in cleveland so Mm. kaiser is going to have that longer leash i like that you brought that up yeah Um, Yeah, it's a bit of a youth movement there any any takeaways from the debuts from jay cutler and Jameis winston uh i thought Jameis looked amazing specifically he looked like he could be mvp caliber caliber and uh tampa is every bit as good on paper as is you know <laughs> in real life as they were on paper i was gonna uh, say the fantasy stats don't really back that up though it's not like Jameis had a really good fantasy day yeah i guess i didn't look at the stats i was watching that red zone on tv well i mean but that's good to note <laughs> yeah. though it's like yeah. good to note that while you watched him play he looked good to you uh because yeah. stats aren't always translatable like you look at tom brady from week one against the chiefs mm-hmm. he scored something like 10 fantasy points 10 to 11 in that range yeah but the Patriots still scored 27 points. Mm-hmm. He got them down to the goal line a couple of times. Yeah. He just didn't convert passing touchdowns. Like right. those all went to Mike Gillisley instead. Three rushing, yeah. So in this case, where Jameis Winston doesn't look that good, but where Jameis Winston doesn't look good by stats, like by fantasy production, yeah. he still looks good you know, by the eye test. Like that mm. that counts for something, right? Yeah, like he's going to be a stud. I mean, he's picked number one overall. And like he's, I mean, he's just going to be really good. 
Mm-hmm. I think I think he's a shoe in to be a top ten QB this year. Crazy. That's what about Cutler? Yeah, Cutler. I, I thought he looked pretty good too. He's got those two wideouts. He knows how to check down to Jarvis Landry. And mm-hmm. and holy crap, I love Parker. Parker looks amazing. Yeah. AJ Green. He took you see that one. He jumped at the high point. He took the ball from the corner. You know, he, he's special talent. Yeah. And Cutler is Jay Cutler. He's going to air it out more than Tannehill did. I think his upside is actually much higher than Tannehill's upside ever was. And Tannehill was a top 10 QB in fantasy. It's sad. Like, poor (laughs) Tannehill didn't do anything to lose his job except get hurt, but he probably lost his job. Like, I, like, it wouldn't surprise you if Cutler re-signed there and just, like, was their quarterback moving forward for at least for a couple more years? Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, maybe that's what Tannehill needs. Like, maybe he needs to kind of fall in behind, like, a vet and learn a little bit more of that kind of YOLO lifestyle that <laughs> Cutler has to preach, you know? I, exactly. I'm interested just... to see how that plays out long term. I do think that Cutler is a guy I'm still wary of. Like, I warned against him, um, one of our draft day consultant clients, that I had this this week was asking me, like, ah, should I play Cutler? I kind of want to play him. And I'm like, yeah, you could. I mean, yeah. the upside's there. The matchup isn't that bad. But he's still Jay Cutler. You yeah. Know? Like, we're talking about a guy who, like, <laughs> is totally down to throw the ball for grabs. Yeah. And it ended up not mattering because the guy had Sam Bradford. And it was like, okay, well, Bradford's not going. I have to use Cutler. Right. But th- I, I don't know. Like, next week, like, looking ahead, I think I would be more excited about Jay Cutler than a guy like Carson Palmer, right? Like, yeah. Oh God! It, the variance of Jay Cutler is crazy. Like mm-hmm. he's a great GPP play, really, in in, in DFS. Yeah. Like because he's going to either throw four hundred yards and three touchdowns, or he's going to give you a dud and four intercepts. A typical smoking Jay Cutler. Game. Yeah, and Cutler gets the Jets next week, right? Which is yeah. about as tasty as it gets in terms of matchup. We just saw Derek Carr go crazy. We saw. God, who took care of them in, in week one? Was that uh, Tyrod Taylor, yeah. who came crashing back down to earth in week two, but against the Jets, yeah. you know, looked like a QB1. And and so, Jay Cutler, all systems go, right? Absolutely. Uh, the Jets are going to be the team that you beat up on all year. Every team. It's it's amazing. They're tanking. They're going to go 0-16. They're adopting the NBA strategy of just losing all your games, getting one of those L.A. quarterbacks. Sam Darnold looks amazing, by the way. It worked yeah. It worked out well for the Browns. So, I mean, it kind of makes sense to see, you know, these other teams copycatting that strategy. Um, yeah. I want to talk about some disappointing QBs next. Andy Dalton, Kirk Cousins, somewhat predictably bad in Week 2 because they were playing good defenses I still think I'm trying to sell Cousins if I have him. Like, I didn't draft yeah. him anywhere because I was down on him in drafts. But mm-hmm. if I did own him, I might try to leverage the fact that right now you could say, oh, well, the two defenses he faced were good. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Like, you should you should trade for him. You know, please take Cousins away from me. I don't want yeah. it. And just hope that they don't look ahead to the rest of the Washington schedule and realize it doesn't get any easier. Like, his <laughs> right. schedule is so bad over the balance of the year that – I, I'm just going to be driving the Cousins' overrated bandwagon all year. Like, that's just where yeah. I'm at. Like, are you more optimistic about Cousins than I am? Um, I, I'm right there with you. I never thought Kirk Cousins was that big of a talent to begin with, you know? Um, but I think you might be able to still sell him decently high, mm-hmm. you know, just because he has good wide receivers. He's Kirk Cousins. He was top five QB, like, last few years, you know? And, and, he, and you got the narrative that he's in a contract year, and he's going to want that $30 million plus from, from the Niners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yay, Niners. <laughs> I hope they don't sign him. Like, I hope I, not either. I think that there are cheaper, better options they could go after. Like, honestly, if they went after Tyrod Taylor, like, that would make more sense to me. And I don't know how well Tyrod fits in a Kyle Shanahan offense, yeah. but I... I just don't want to see him commit that sort of money to Kirk Cousins because I'm just not sure Cousins is that good. Yeah, he's not very good. He's a fifth-round pick for a reason, you know? I mean... <laughs> totally. I mean, he's going to put up decent stats, but he doesn't have Shanahan anymore. I don't know. I would sell all the way. What yeah. about Dalton? What are you doing with him? 
Selling too. I think you're out. I'm completely out. I think okay. uh, I think he's on the hot seat. I think nobody nobody's gonna admit to it in Cincinnati. But I think McCarron and next bad start. They go zero and three, which they will. They're in Green Bay week three. Mm-hmm. They're they're gonna go zero and three. I think McCarron takes over that job. I think that's a great preemptive pickup right now in two QB leagues. Interesting. I yeah. already picked him up in our league. Shoot. <laughs> I yeah. I don't know if I buy it. Like I still think that he's got a little bit of a leash. I think he might be a buy low for me. I, I don't know it, it it has been really bad like I, don't, yeah. I can't say it's that still, with a whole lot of conviction yeah. <laughs> so it's like man he's looked terrible like just not scoring touchdowns like Eifert's hurt now there are a lot of red flags there I I'm wondering how much that change in coordinator is going to help him like I you yeah. got to think that that's going to make some sort of difference yeah if only from like a from like a spirit standpoint like yeah. like that team just looked defeated it seemed like the players wanted. A change and they got it. Now, yeah. is Bill Lazor the guy to make things better? Probably not. But it, like, be. yeah, I could see some <laughs> some bounce back happening there. And I do yeah. think since his schedule is about to get easier. Um, speaking of schedule, yeah. I think that Cousins, because he plays Oakland this week, I think Oakland's a pretty good matchup for fantasy quarterbacks. Yeah. If you are looking to sell him, maybe wait until after that game. Yeah. Like, use him this week against Oakland. Let him build his value back up a little bit. Hopefully, get a good performance out of him. And then at that point, cut bait, get him out of there. Like, yeah. Try to find somebody who's willing to still believe in Kirk Cousins. Yeah, absolutely. Right now, you'd be selling low, but yeah, you have a decent chance for a shootout. I think it's the Monday night game, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. the one guy that I think we're both going to agree on is probably just done is Carson Palmer. Yeah. Yeah. He looks old, and that offense, it's a lost season for Arizona. Yeah. And they need to cut bait. They need to just clean, like, clean house for Larry Fitzgerald, you know? They're going to do everything they can to put up some garbage stats this year because they're going to be losing a lot. Poor, David <laughs> jo- or poor Carson Palmer, too, right? Uh, it's like yeah. they lose David Johnson, and like that just kind of changes the whole tenor of that offense. Like They don't really have... Without without him running the ball, yeah. they're so predictable. It's mm-hmm. like, and you saw that on Sunday. It's like, let's yeah. take away Larry Fitzgerald. We'll make yep. Carson Palmer work through J.J. Nelson, yeah. Jerron Brown, Kerwin Williams, Chris Johnson. Like, yeah. and those guys just aren't consistent enough to you know keep up relevance for Carson Palmer. Like, he's just mm-hmm. not going to survive that because he is old and because those players aren't that good compared right. to what they had before. Right, David Johnson was that dominant. Like he was legitimately had a chance to have a thousand receiving yards and a thousand rushing yards. Mm-hmm. We haven't had that since like LT in the mid two thousands, I don't think. And uh, just without that, that's a thousand less yards you're gonna get. I mean maybe like five hundred less. Maybe Ellington gets some, you know, of what uh you know David Johnson was. I don't know. Be. Maybe not, yeah. That's maybe, the scary part. But maybe JJ Nelson is good. I don't know. I think there's gonna be a lot of negative game scripts and, and Palmer is gonna put up Stats, but mm-hmm. is he going to stay healthy? You know, he's an old guy, and they're losing, and they're going to fall out of playoff contention eventually. Although the NFC West does not look very good at all, so there is a chance right. that Arizona will be in, in playoff hunt with an under five hundred record. This was kind of what happened to them last year, right? Is they yeah. looked very bad for most of the year with all the injuries they sustained, and toward, towards the end of the year, Palmer turned it on a little bit and mm-hmm. started to get a little bit more comfortable with those, you know, third and fourth receiver options. Like because John Brown wasn't healthy last year either. Yeah. But I look back to then, and it's like they still had David Johnson. Yeah. And that's everything. You know, like, without him, this you're right, this feels like a lost season for Arizona. And I really worry that even Larry Fitzgerald is going to struggle to remain relevant because defenses are just going to key in on him so much. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's pretty bad when your top offensive weapon is almost a 40-year-old slot receiver that has no speed, you know? Yeah. That's like J.J. Nelson did so good. I think he was on the winning lineup in DFS. Oh, yeah. Because you will get that garbage stat. So if Palmer stays upright, I mean, he's going to be a very low-end QB2, high-end QB3, possibly. Mm -hmm. But is he going to stay upright? I mean, if you have Palmer and you have no backup option and there's nothing on your bench, just pick up Drew Stanton. Because I think Stanton will probably be starting some games at the end of the year. And I talked about this (laughs) last week with Jim Saunas. I think you can pick up Blaine Gabbert too because even if Stanton comes in he might have the same issues that Palmer has where either he's getting beat up too much and he gets hurt or he's just not good and they're like ah screw it the season's lost let's see what we got in Blaine Gabbert because Gabbert's way younger than both those dudes and he's the one guy who they could you know if they feel like they can develop him like make him into a starter you know along the lines of I don't know, Alex Smith, <laughs> or, yeah. like, hoping yeah, for just great. that, like, that low-end, like, QB starter, Trevor Simeon style. Yeah. Like, In today's NFL, that's pretty good. You know? Right. Well, yeah, I guess we shouldn't speak <laughs> no. ill of Trevor Simeon, because yeah. that dude looks phenomenal. Greatest of all time, Simeon. <laughs> all right, let's, let's move away from quarterbacks. Let's talk about some other stuff going on around the league, and tight ends. This mm. is uh, a sore spot for mm. a couple of guys who are drafted pretty highly at the position. Greg Olson, broken foot. Let's start with him. How much do you downgrade Cam Newton because of this news? And Cam Newton was already not looking all that good. Right. I don't downgrade it all that much. I mean, he wasn't throwing to Olsen as it is. It seems like a pretty big loss, you know, having your security blanket. Mm -hmm. Ed Dixon's pretty good, you know. Ed Dixon is a a decent veteran. The big problem is Cam Newton. Like, he had off-season shoulder surgery. Mm Mm-hmm. He doesn't look like he could throw. He had a guy, he had Chris McCaffrey wide open for an easy touchdown, walking touchdown. He threw it five yards over his head. Like, he just does not look right at all. It's ter- terrible. It's at the point where if they go to Derek Anderson, they would actually have a better chance to win games. Oh, hot take alert. Oh, shit. Yeah, that, that's pretty hot. That is that's pretty too hot. hot for me. Uh, I, <laughs> scorching. <laughs> it's but, true, though, right now. I know? mean, maybe. I, this was always the concern with the way that they kind of positioned their offseason moves, right? The way that they brought in. Christian McCaffrey, drafting Mm -hmm. Curtis Samuel, like trying to take more of their offense and move it into that intermediate and short range of the field. Like they still take a fair amount of shots downfield, but without Greg Olson, like Mm -hmm. maybe some of that goes away and they become more predictable. Like that's an issue for me. Like that is something where I I wonder about Cam Newton because he can always buoy you with that rushing production. Yeah. He can always get you, you know, 40 to 50 yards on the ground. But that was another thing that we kind of expected – the Panthers to move away from mm-hmm. was running Cam too much for fear of getting him hurt. And yeah. so I was pretty high on Cam in the preseason and drafts. I didn't draft him a whole lot because he still tended to go in that like second tier of quarterbacks, which mm-hmm. I just hate picking from yeah, because like all the same, you know. <laughs> well, and it always feels like such a reaction in drafts to like, oh, I missed out on Rodgers, Breeze, Brady, and Wilson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we can talk about Wilson later, but yeah, like I missed right. out on the elite guys. Yeah. And I'm in a hurry to get a Q- QB. Who's next on the list? And then, yeah. then you end up with like Marcus Mariota, Ben Roethlisberger, Cam Newton. And while those guys are fine, while they're going to be fair enough in fantasy, they'll probably be top mm-hmm. 20 starters most weeks. They don't deliver that high end upside that the elite guys give you. And so, like, if you're reacting to earlier picks of truly elite quarterbacks with early picks of not quite elite quarterbacks, mm-hmm. you're giving up too much value, in my opinion. Yep. You know, at running back, wide receiver, 
And yeah, anyway, like Cam Newton is one of those guys who, even though I thought he was being undervalued, I didn't draft a whole lot. Yeah. I mean, did you end up with him anywhere? No, none. none. Because I figured that QB5, QB like six or so to QB20, there was not that mm-hmm. much of a difference. And you can get QB20 several rounds later. Yeah. After the, if you're in a two QB league, Cam Newton could go in round three or round four. Totally. You know, I'd much rather have Carson Wentz in round eight, round nine, you know, you know. If he did fall that far, so but, we yeah, were talking right. about tight ends, and I yeah. switched it back oh, to quarterbacks. Good. Oh yeah, no, no, we're good. <laughs> so uh, Tyler Eifert also yeah. injured again. Like it's Tyler course, Eifert. Again. We shouldn't be surprised, yeah. I suppose. Uh-huh. What do you think about the Bengals' offense moving forward? Because I mean, we talked about the the concerns with Andy Dalton, but what about AJ Green? What about these other guys? Uh, I mean, I don't know if you own Brandon LaFell anywhere. I certainly yeah. don't. But you're a pretty like, deep league. <laughs> yeah, Adrian, uh, AJ Green and the running backs are the, the guys I'm talking about most here. Are mm-hmm. you concerned about those guys now that Eifert's hurt? I actually kind of see this as possibly a positive for yeah. them just because of more volume. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know who the backup tight end is in Cincy. Uh, uh, Tyler Croft, I oh think. Oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, deep. he was okay last year when Eifert yeah. was out. Him and CJ Uzoma, oh, wow. I think, were the two backups for them. And they had relevant weeks, but just yeah. like... But, yeah, they're not going to run, run wide receiver routes like Eifert did. No, like, absolutely kinda. not. Yeah, and they're not, that... like, the same elite level of, you know, red zone talent that those that, that Eifert is. And right. so, like, that's a big deal. I think that that, yeah. you know, might le- make them lean more on yeah. A.J. Green, which, yeah. if you're an A.J. Green owner, is a good thing. Yeah, I think now is the time to buy on A.J. AJ Green. Hmm. I mean, he's a first-round pick across the board, and he's already mad that he's not getting fed, you know. I think I think Green will still end up with his stats. He'll still be a wide receiver one, and it'll still be a borderline first-round. So you don't have the done. same concerns with him that, like, we were talking about with Larry Fitzgerald earlier, where teams yeah. are just going to try to take him out? Because that's like that is in the back of my mind. This one that I'm concerned about. That is a little worrisome. But AJ Green actually has talent. You know, he's a guy that's going to be double, triple t- just, coverage. Just uh, shots Fitz- fired at Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, yeah, just, old man. Just bury that I, dude. I, I'm an ageist here. Oh, boy. <laughs> AJ Green is right in the middle of his prime, and he is used to beating double and triple coverage. And I think if they upgrade in the QB switch to McCarron, I think Green <laughs> will do even better. So buy AJ Green right now if you can. You're a monster. I know. <laughs> I, I was thinking AJ Green. The fourth, fifth pick overall, so I'm, I'm pretty. I, big I on was, that. I have him on in a yeah. lot of teams as well, and so, I, I'm hoping for I big him. things. I, I need, need I need him as well. So hopefully, it's not just some some bias there yeah. based upon that degeneracy yeah. that we're both <laughs> facing here. But it probably is. Yeah, probably. I was straight up taking him over Odell Beckham because of Beckham's injury. Oh yeah, so, once yeah. the injury news for Beckham came out, I think that that was yeah. the right pick. Although right. you know, if he plays tonight, and we're yeah. recording this, you know, right before the start of Monday Night Football. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, just how healthy he is. Now, I don't expect Beckham to be back to 100% right now, but by next week, it seems like, based upon the practice reports that we've seen and the, you know, the reports coming out of the pregame of this this game tonight, Beckham is close, you know. Yeah. And at this point, like based upon how little AJ Green has given you, maybe that wouldn't have been a the right pick. But I think yeah. at the time, given the knowledge that we had. You had to take Green over Beckham. Yeah, definitely. Um, running backs. Let's let's keep going. I feel like zero RB has once again been validated, and this is something that was n- not really that hard to predict. You know, based yeah. upon just how fluky last season seemed. But yeah. you look at the running back standings in fantasy points scored: Ty Montgomery, Kareem Hunt, Chris Thompson, C.J. Anderson, Terrence West, Javorius Allen, Tariq Cohen. <laughs> These guys are all top twelve through two weeks. And again, small sample size. And this mm-hmm. is pending Monday Night Football. Yeah, like who knows if. 
Paul Perkins will yeah. have a huge game? Like, oh, you know he will. <laughs> yeah, I, I really doubt it. I mean, maybe from the other no. side of the ball, you can see Amir Abdullah score three touchdowns and break into the top 12 and, and bump Tariq Cohen out of there. Yeah. But regardless, the point is that these guys who are not early picks, yeah. like David Johnson's already hurt. Le'Veon Bell hasn't done anything. Mm-hmm. Like, even some of the other guys you, have been pretty disappointed. Zico Elliott did nothing yesterday. Yeah, and I mean, he had a great first game. And yeah, we he's going to be great. Again, we know those guys are fine yeah. if they're healthy. The point is that you still could have got usable running backs later in drafts, right? Mm-hmm. So, with like all of that in mind, are you trying to sell any of these, you know, overperformers so far, like Montgomery, like Chris Thompson, C.J. Anderson? Are you trying to get out from any of those guys? It depends on the situation. Like Chris Thompson, if somebody wants him, yeah, sell all the way. I think that was a fluke. He's a pure third down running back. At best, he's a flex option in a PPR league. Uh, but someone like C.J. Anderson, Denver looks legit. He's going to be a, a, a beneficiary to a positive game script. And it looks like Denver has an elite defense like they always do. And they're going to be up. Yep. Yeah, they're going to be winning a lot of games. C.J. Anderson looks great. And Devontae Booker was an absolute bust. I think C.J. Anderson is going to be good. Kareem Hunt's going to be great. I like Tariq Cohen. He looks like the best running back there. Uh, it really depends. Uh, zero RB is really the way to go in today's in today's fantasy leagues. <laughs> so you don't have the same. Con- you don't have like health concerns about CJ Anderson because that dude has consistently struggled to stay on the field. Like every year, it's like he does this. He sh- he shows up really yeah. well for the first couple games, gets dinged up, and then struggles through most of the season after yeah. that, and then maybe comes back for one or two good games at the end of the year. Yeah. Like this is a narrative that we're used to at this point, yeah. and it seems like it's repeating itself. But we all know that injuries are fluky. We all know that yeah. injury like proneness is not really a thing. Like yeah. it's it's pretty unpredictable. I, I, I kept on telling my, myself as the biggest Fred Taylor fan of all time. <laughs> like this is unpredictable. I swear it's not supposed to happen every year, right? And then it happened every year. Sure. <laughs> anyway, go on. No, but yeah, right. But I mean, you can look at CJ Anderson. You can see that yeah. stuff happening. I guess my question for you is. Are you trying to lean into that at all? Like, I was asking, are you selling any of these guys? Maybe this is a good opportunity to buy C.J. Anderson, even though he's at a high value. Yeah. You can say, hey, look, C.J. Anderson owner, like, yeah. he's going to get hurt. He always mm-hmm. gets hurt. Let me take that risk off your hands. Right. Let me trade for him. Is that something you'd be interested in? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. I think a lot of owners might be wanting to sell right now, thinking that this is his peak, and I yeah, I don't think it is. I think C.J. Anderson is a shoe in for a second or third round uh, return mm-hmm. on investment, you know, as long as he stays healthy. If yeah. you're in the NFL, you're going to be injury prone no matter what, you know? Yeah, the running back <laughs> position is injury prone, and that's why yeah. RB works, but yeah, right. if you have the assets, if you can turn, you know, something that you don't need into a player like C.J. Anderson, I think that that's a smart call. Yeah. I, I'm a little... I'm going to go against you on Chris Thompson, at least for PPR formats. You, you did admit that he was a good flex option in those leagues, yeah. and I think that that's correct. But the fact that you're willing to... You know, try to get out on him, but say that you're you're still in on Tariq Cohen. Like Cohen's the same guy to me. Like just it's all about usage. Well, <laughs> I think Cohen's gonna have a, a big bigger piece of that pie. Okay, I think. yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I see these injury reports coming out about Rob Kelly. Like apparently he has some rib oh, injury, right? And yeah. with that in mind, I think, rib, I think I think Chris Thompson should be fine. But but you're right. I think you have a good point. Yeah. I just think both those guys are in the same boat. Where like they're they're going to be used in passing situations, uh, and there's variance there one yeah. way or the other. Definitely. And Chris Thompson has proven to be one of the better receiving running backs in the league. So I, I hear mm-hmm. you. I picked up Chris Thompson yesterday, but Greg Olson got hurt. And I had to cut Chris Thompson for the pickup of uh, San Diego tight end. 
Hunter Henry. Uh, Hunter Henry, yeah. And, oh, and of course, I cut Chris Thompson. He blows up the best game of his life. <laughs> I so. saw that somebody <laughs> dropped him in that league. Yeah, that was, I was me. Like, I was yeah. like, oh. It's like, I get it. I like, had a feeling I, <laughs> that he Fantasy was football is so punishing, right? Like, you have those moments where you're like, well, I have to cut somebody to pick up this person. It was like when I, I in this in that league or in one of our other home leagues, I had to cut Frank Gore oh, yeah. just to make I sure I had it. a backup plan for Odell Beckham missing week one. And mm-hmm. I, I picked up Sterling Shepard. And it's like, I don't really want to cut Frank Gore. And, like, yeah. I... I am down on him relative to, you know, where he was perceived in drafts, mm. but he still doesn't seem like a guy who should be a free agent. But here I go. I'm going to make him one. <laughs> and I saw him. He was a free agent. I went in the tank for a while. I'm like, why is Frank Gore available? And I was like, I don't have anyone that I'd rather have like, cut on my roster yeah. than Frank Gore. It speaks volumes about what's going on in Indianapolis. <laughs> yeah. But um, <laughs> let's get back to running backs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one guy we haven't mentioned yet, Derrick Henry. Yeah. I'm calling him the usurper. Like he is. it's it's time. Yeah. Like he's the he, Robert Baratheon of fantasy football. <laughs> he looked better than Demarco Murray in Week One. Yeah. Demarco Murray is hurt. He looked better in Week Two. And I saw some stat tweeted out by somebody at NFL.com, and I, I apologize for not mistaking it, but I'll um I'll try to find it and put it in the show notes. But didn't have a single carry that went for negative yards. Wow. Against a good team, you know, like I, I think he's yeah. legit. I think that yeah. right now he's already. A much better option for them in that backfield. Mm-hmm. Do you think DeMarco Murray gets any share of this job back once he's healthy? Who? Ah, uh, wow. That's that's a really good question. Like, if Tennessee just... was smart, and they, I mean, Derrick Henry is their future. They drafted him mm-hmm. to be the future. DeMarco's gone after this year. He's aging. He has so many carries under his belt. And so, in a perfect world. Derrick Henry is the new Larry Johnson, you know, to Priest Holmes. Yep. You know, but but uh, I don't know. I think it is, might be a little bit of a timeshare for the time being. I think DeMarco is still probably a little bit better of a receiver, and he's a veteran. And That's the angle. Yeah. It's like you think about him as the pass-catching back, and you yeah. have to hope that he doesn't just become Chris Thompson or Tariq Cohen where he's only in there passing yeah. downs. That'd be terrible. And we know that Derrick Henry has some amount of game catching the ball. Like, he's yeah. not a super shifty guy laterally, but he can still, like – his hands aren't that bad and yeah. he's still such an explosive athlete in general that if you give him the ball in space like mm-hmm. he can probably be just as he's, good as DeMarco Murray yeah. in a lot of the situations assuming the plays are designed well enough yeah. um Derrick Henry was the ultimate wild card handoff this year he had the RB1 overall mm-hmm. the number one the best player in fantasy upside just because of this and it looks like he might be getting it he's going to be a league winner if either Murray gets hurt or they actually get smart in Tennessee and realize that Henry actually does give him a better chance to win. So so, so clearly we're all in on Henry. Yeah. And he's the type of player that if, if you didn't draft him, mm. somebody else in your league probably overdrafted him. Like, yeah. I was that guy in plenty of my leagues. And mm. I think I... I, I am okay with that. Like, I, it was... Because yeah. you see that upside and you're like, you know what? After the fourth or fifth round, most of these picks are lottery tickets. Yeah. You know, like, the drafts are, are pretty fluid and value changes a lot between, you know, the sixth round and the and the tenth round. Or I, I shouldn't say value changes a lot, but value mm. is pretty variant for all those picks. Yeah. And so I could talk myself into Derrick Henry as a guy who deserved to be picked higher even though he didn't have a job yet. Yeah. But looking back to Murray, like, the, this guy was a first or second round pick in a lot of yeah. leagues, and we're talking about him becoming a receiving down specialist. That's like, crazy. It, it, it is today's NFL. That's like, how it is. <laughs> it is now the time to get out from him? Like, are you trading him for a Ty Montgomery or for yeah. a Terrence West or a Javorius Allen? Are you just are you ready to get off of Murray altogether? Or yeah. like you said, you expect a timeshare of some extent, but yeah. like there are plenty of other backs in the NFL who are perceived as less valuable yeah. who might have a 
better portion of their team's timeshare. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like the, the Patriots guys, like yeah. uh, Gillisley, James White, uh-huh. if you're in a PPR format, Javorius Allen, I think, is up there, CJ Anderson. Like, yeah. These guys were all drafted behind DeMarco Murray. Do you just try to get out from him right now? Yeah, I would trade him. for. It depends on the situation. Like, I would trade Murray. Right now, I value Chris Carson ahead of Murray for mm-hmm. the rest of the season. And if you can get Chris Carson and another talent, like another wide receiver, like any other kind of value, I would do that right now. You tra- a, a, a sell at whatever value you still have in Murray, sell right now, I would say. Okay. Because you know where Tennessee's heading as a franchise, and that's that's Derrick Henry. They drafted him as an every-down running back, and he's going to be that eventually. He's going to be a first-round pick next year, straight yep. up. That's like you have him in our, uh, our auction keeper league. I was so angry. Oh, I made sure that, again, I almost kept him, to be honest. And I got yeah. him for less than I would have had to keep him for. So that was a win. <laughs> that was a winner, winner. Um, I'm glad you brought up Carson, though, because I, I tweeted this okay. out as the game was happening. I'm really glad that Seattle gave us that statement. That they basically said, like, look, Rawls is healthy. Yeah. He's going to play. Mm-hmm. Eddie Lacy is a scratch, even though he's healthy. Mm-hmm. He's done. We don't care about him anymore. Chris Carson gets all the carries, mm-hmm. and especially all the salting away the game carries at the end of the at the end of the fourth quarter. Like he was the guy they trusted the most. He looked the most explosive. He's yeah. the starter in Seattle. Yeah, he's the running back you want. We're cutting Thomas Rawls. We're cutting yes. CJ Prosize everywhere, yes. right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Eddie Lacy should have already been cut in right. the real NFL. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. Chris Carson looks like the real deal. Like just watching him on the field, number thirty-two for Seattle. I think of Ricky Waters, and you know how good Ricky Waters was at the end of the nineties. He was like in, like the top three mm-hmm. running back in fantasy. So like, and he he has the receiving skills. He he's got it all. He really does. He has the whole package. He was doing it. You know, behind a bad offensive line, yeah, which is also good to note. Now, mm. to be fair, he was doing it against the 49ers. Mm. So I do think we need to temper our expectations yeah, a little bit. But true. in terms of figuring out where the opportunity is in that backfield, it's Carson. And yeah. that's the only guy you really care about. Now, in PPR, you could make an argument for C.J. Procise. Yeah. My issue with him is that he is like a worse version of Chris Thompson or Shane Vereen because yeah. you don't know if they're going to use him all that often. Right. You really have to identify the correct game scripts to where – they're going to have to pass a ton, and maybe yeah. ProSize gets more work. But yeah, I think that he's if, – if you're in a pinch, if you need you know a roster spot for somebody else, like mm. help at quarterback or help at wide receiver, yeah, those guys have got to go. Rawls Absolutely. and ProSize, they, they yeah. are not worth holding on to because and, Carson has clearly yeah. established himself as the guy to Yeah, help. and it looks like Carson's actually pretty good at recatching the ball too. He's not like an yeah, not a slouch. So ProSize's value is even worse. You know, Yeah, you're cutting everybody else. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's talk about wide receivers. Uh, Marquise Lee. Alan Hearns. We were wondering what was going to happen when Alan Robinson was out for the Jaguars. Mm. Lee was the target hog. He had 12 targets, 7 catches, 58 yards. Mm. So not doing a whole lot with his volume, but still it's good to see the volume is there. Yeah. Uh, Alan Hearns got the score, 7 mm. targets, 6 catches. So nice conversion right mm. there. We probably shouldn't expect that every week. 82 yards yeah. and a TD. That's I mean, that's the Alan Hearns we're used to, right? Big yeah. play upside. Yep. I think we need to be wary of them heading into a matchup against Baltimore. Yeah. But, you know, past that, beyond that week, I think that this is an offense where you might still get some underrated value out of the passing situation. Yeah. I understand that they want to run the ball out with Fournette, but yeah. I'm I this this is my 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 one of my biggest flaws and it's not always a flaw, sometimes it's a good thing in fantasy is I get stoked on <laughs> just undervalued guys like guys who that no one else wants right like yeah. i ended up with a lot of bortles in my drafts and sam bradford yeah because he was an unsexy or unpopular guy to own i i just i can't quit these jaguars receivers like am i crazy <laughs> not at all i mean these jaguars receivers just like blake bortles and whoever's playing qb for jacksonville they're gonna benefit from uh, negative game script and it mm-hmm. looks like they might be losing quite a bit it's gonna be another 
I don't know, 6-10 and 10 season. And that's what we just saw yesterday. They were horrible up until the fourth quarter. Like like I told you before, Blake Bortles had negative points up until the fourth quarter. Yep. And I, as far as I know, those receivers also had almost all of their production in the fourth quarter. Hmm. So, I mean, if you if you don't like, if you don't think Jacksonville is going to be very good as a team, uh, then yeah, I mean, those receivers are buys. I mean, Hearns is exactly what he is. He's a red zone threat. He's a 6'4 receiver. And, and Marquise Lee is a possession receiver. And he's a good route runner. Yep. And, and you're going to look, you're going to see a lot more of these stat lines from them as long as they're losing games and as long as they have to play catch up. You know, it was the vintage Blake Bortles game yesterday, pretty much. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think you can look at those guys not really as people you want to start, but guys who yeah. will offer you good bye week coverage, you know, just yeah. because the volume is going to be there. There's no one else there to catch passes. It's not like they have a pass-catching yeah. tight end. Yeah. We know that Fournette is not a – I mean, he can catch the ball, too, kind of like Derrick Henry, like yeah. better than most people would realize based right. upon the type of runner that he is. Mm. But there, there's just going to be volume for these receivers one way or another, and you can capitalize on that because nobody wants to own Jaguars. It's just yeah. how it is in fantasy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And now would be the time to buy on um... – on uh, Chad Henney. I think Bortles is done. I, th- I really do. I mean, he looks like Blake Bortles again, and I think they're going to go one and two. There, there are a lot uh-huh. of QBs that are like that right now, like the backers. We talked about the guys in Arizona. Yeah. Henney's another one, and AJ McCarron you mentioned before. Yeah. We'll talk about more of those later. Yeah. Um, let's go with another negative game script-centric team, the Jets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's as negative as it gets. Speaking <laughs> of the team that's going to go 0-16, we saw Jermaine Curse kind of establish himself as the wide receiver one. Like, everybody yeah. thought it was going to be Robbie Anderson. They're going to have this eye that looks towards the future. And later in the season, it might be Robbie Anderson, especially yeah. if Bryce Petty gets back under center. Yeah. But for now, the, we got the veteran Josh McCown thrown to the veteran Jermaine Curse. Yeah. Is he a guy that you're even, do you care? Like, should we care? Like, I understand, that, like, Marquise Lee is probably in the same boat. Like, a guy who's going to yeah. get the targets, but, like, they're Blake Bortles targets. Yeah. And now, Jermaine Curse is going to get the targets, but they're Josh McCown targets. Right. There is value if your league is deep enough to owning these sorts Just of players. Say that. Yeah. But... You don't. The, you'd prefer to have a different option, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The deeper the league, the better these options are. But they're not great options. Jermaine Curse is going to be one of the biggest pickups in this waiver wire week, you know. Mm-hmm. But he's still Jermaine Curse. You know, he, he has a very capped upside. You know, I, I still think Robbie Anderson's probably the better bet for touchdowns. He's six three. Jermaine Curse is only six one. He got two touchdowns. I think that's a little fluky. You know, mm-hmm. even though they're going to be, you know, they are going to get a lot of garbage stats. I think they're just going to rotate who does good each week between those two receivers. <laughs> the waiver wire is funny like that though, because you can look at. Like, who came available last week? And you look at those running backs. You look at Buck Allen. You look at yeah. Tariq Cohen. And you say, oh. And Chris yeah. Carson's another good yeah. example. Like, these guys that kind of came into prominence, and mm-hmm. now they are looking like they're going to be valuable. Yeah. Just because that happened last week doesn't mean we're going to get the same sort of value changes this week. Yeah. Like, we're looking at Jermaine Curse as a one of the top waiver targets only because he just had a good game, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and we have to kind of step back, and we have to look at – you know, projecting forward, it's still the yeah. Jets, still Josh mm-hmm. McCown. Mm-hmm. And what I talked about earlier, like if the quarterbacks change, we don't know if Curse is going to have the same sort of rapport with the new QB, whether it's Petty yeah. or Hackenberg or yeah. some schmo off the street. <laughs> um, so be careful about that, listeners. I, I don't think you want to, like, yes, Curse is a guy who you can go after. Same with the, the Jags guys we talked about before. But don't break your fab budget. Like, yeah. if you are in a league where the waiver priority doesn't reset weekly based upon standings. Like if it's a continual rolling list, I don't know if I'd burn a high priority for curse or either of the Jags. 
I'd probably just save it at this point. Would yeah, you agree? Absolutely. If you're in a ten team league, you shouldn't be draft. You shouldn't be starting any of these guys ever. So yeah. don't even worry about even picking them up. <laughs> right, especially in two QB, where like the fact that people are carrying more quarterbacks means that there's generally better stuff available at running back and wide receiver on the waiver wire. Yeah. Um, last two wide receivers I want to talk about: a couple injured guys. I'm calling them the Lost Boys. The two Corys. <laughs> Corey, oh man. Corey Feldman. Corey Ham. No, excuse me. Corey oh, Davis. God. Corey Coleman. Uh, how aggressively should owners target Richard Higgins on waivers? Because he was the guy who stepped up in Coleman's absence, and Britt was just, once again, just not involved whatsoever. Yeah, I believe Richard Higgins led the NCAA in touchdowns one year. I think he had like 16 or 17 touchdowns. Man. So Higgins is legit. Like, well, in, in lower competition, obviously. <laughs> but, I mean, yet another negative game script, you know, positive, sure. you know, um, um, but you look at yeah. Kaiser and you see the upside there that you're not getting from McCown, that you're not getting from Blake Bortles. Like yeah. that, that's why I can look at Richard Higgins and be like, yeah, yeah, this is a guy that I am interested in using a higher waiver priority yeah. on. Absolutely, you saw in preseason, uh, um, Kaiser Kaiser's deep ball looked great. Mm-hmm. His arm looked really good. He throws a, a very pretty deep ball, and it looks like he yep. can go 67 yards. So I think Higgins might have some good, nice games. Well, and the up. fact that he is good with his legs too—that he is athletic, yeah. he can extend plays with his legs, and not just rushing the ball, but just getting out of the pocket and yeah. making more time for his receivers lets those deep threats become a little bit more viable. Whereas, like, you're mm. not going to see Josh McCown, you know, bootlegging yeah. out of the... extend those plays. Exactly, no. <laughs> he's either going to get the ball out of there as quickly as possible just because yeah. he doesn't want it in his hands, or he's going to dump it off, like, real quick anyway on design. Yeah. So, or he's going to get sacked, I guess. But yeah, it's Josh McCown. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's Josh McCown. Um, he does take, a, he takes way too many hits, yeah. man. Jesus. He really does. Um, so, so, yeah, that's like... Where I'm at now is if I'm looking at these wide receivers, you can look at the fact that Kerr scored two touchdowns. You can look at the fact that Hearn scored a touchdown Mm -hmm. and is that big play guy. Now, I I think Hearns is close, but I do think that Higgins is probably the most intriguing guy long-term for the balance of the season. Yeah. Definitely. Am I am I off base here? Not at all. Highest upside, okay. decent offense. You know, this offense is going to be competent all year. It really is. You know, with Duke Johnson. I mean, yeah, I, I like it. Yeah, you're, you're taking lottery lottery picks right now. You know, and he has a higher chance to succeed than any of these other guys. So the know, uh, the you? other the other Corey Corey Davis. What yeah. do you think the impact of his injury is on the rest of the Titans? Like, we don't know the extent of his injuries. He's day to day with a hamstring right. pull. I, I that's pretty nebulous. Like, yeah. but the fact that He's had these problems through the preseason. Like he's been dealing with this all off season. Yeah. He's hurt again. I'm concerned. They have plenty of other receivers there, like mm. Richard Matthews, Eric Decker, Delaney Walker, and we talked about the running game too. Like, is yeah. this is this a net positive for Derrick Henry? Like, he's probably the biggest upgrade for me. But what do you think about Corey Davis's injury as it applies to the rest of the Titans' offense? Uh, I think yeah, every, the the other receivers should be considered upgrades. I think Corey Davis. My, it might be close to a lost season for him, which is unfortunate. I, I thought he was going to be great this year. But I think you can upgrade Decker. You can upgrade Richard Matthews. I think, yeah, yeah, definitely. Without Davis taking up 10 targets a game like he did in week one, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you could, it's only good for everybody else. Absolutely. That offense is going to be good, too, all year. You know, they're going to be in the playoffs. Yeah. So, so it looks like Decker. I mean, that's why they invested in Decker and they invested in Richard Matthews. You know? I'm really interested to see how that team does this week because they get Seattle. But we'll, we'll talk oh, yeah. a little bit more about them later. Um, we spent a lot of time kind of recapping uh, general stuff from around the NFL. But I want to get to the quarterback boom of the week. This is the guy who exceeded expectations the most for you in week one. There are a few good candidates here. Uh, Carson Wentz, Trevor Semyon, Deshaun Watson, even Josh McCown, like you said, yeah. having a pretty decent day. Um, was it one of those guys for you? Was it somebody else? Like who 
kind of who was the biggest boom for you? Yeah, I thought Simeon looked great. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it was you know, it was Dallas, you know, but yeah, Simeon looked much better than I ever thought he would ever do. You know, and and Demarius didn't even get a touchdown. This is all you know, touchdowns to Manuel Sanders and you and know, the tight end, the yeah, tight end, yeah. So uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, Simeon. Yeah. It's Simeon for me as well. Uh, he was super efficient. A very nice 69% completion percentage. Yeah. Uh, he really was playing well around the goal line, too. Uh, he had a rush for a touchdown last week. This week he had three TDs from inside the 10, two to mm-hmm. Sanders, one to Derby, I think. Yeah. Uh, I do think that honorable mentions are deserving for Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Seems to be fulfilling his Terrell Pryor destiny there yeah. for Houston. Just a guy who's only going to get it done rushing the ball. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd be hesitant to use him against New England, but even still, like that he's defense hasn't been good either, and he's going to run the ball. So yeah. and he's going to pepper it to DeAndre Hopkins. Oh you my know? <laughs> god! Thank God for somebody making DeAndre Hopkins relevant again. <laughs> right, that's it, making my keeper keeper selection to him in our league very very good. Yeah, if he like, gets 15 targets a week, like hey, he's going to be pretty good. <laughs> I had to keep him over Ezekiel Elliott because we weren't sure if Zeke was going to be suspended or not. And, oh yeah, you know those targets, man. Keep getting them. Yeah, Nuke. You got him cheap too. Isn't it like 20 bucks? <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> I think McCown, again, another yeah. guy who just really drastically outperformed any expectations. Go figure. <laughs> I know. And I don't think you can count on that, but this just no. goes to show, you know, when it comes to QBs, it doesn't matter how bad these guys are. Just no. because they touch the ball so many times, like, they're going to do fine. Yeah. They're going to put up points. Then McCown didn't really throw for all that many yards, but no. he got two scores. Yeah. And he's going to finish as a top 20 guy, a top 15 guy, I think. I think he, entering yeah, I think he did, yeah. entering this, this Monday Night Football game that's about to start, he was QB 13. So even if Stafford and Eli do better than McCown, McCown yeah. is still a top 15 guy in week two. And it's like, get the hell out of here. Fantasy like, football is so silly. <laughs> it's great, man. This is why like, I love later on quarterback is because you get to pull pull that slot yeah. machine, man. Yep. Let's see. Take them all. <laughs> Give me those triple sevens. Bryce Petty will have top 20 weeks too. Yeah, you know he will. All right. I think that's one thing. If you look at you know, if you look at the Vegas board and look at teams that are plus 14, plus 10, you know, those QBs will actually put up some pretty good stats. You know, mm-hmm. if you just think of the negative game scripts and the garbage time. It can it's be fool- Garbage time stats still work. It, still it can be foolish to cha- chase that in the wrong scenarios, though. Like, yeah. you look at Deshaun Kaiser going against Baltimore, you see a big oh, yeah. spread. Yeah. You know, the the main reason for that is because Baltimore's defense is really good. Yes. Like, it's yeah. not because Joe Flacco's going to be scoring a ton of points, yeah. right? So right. you have to be really careful when looking for those negative game script guys trying to yeah. find garbage time. You need to find garbage time against yeah. mediocre to bad defenses. Absolutely. You should also look at the the game total, too. Right. If, if the team's minus 14 and the over-under is 38, stay away. But if the over-under is 50, like, hey. Right. You know. You, there's, still, there's still three touchdowns if you score by this bad team. Totally. You know? Yeah. Great point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, bust of the week for you. Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, Cam Newton, Andy Dalton again. Like, <laughs> a lot of good options Ooh, this bad week. bad Andy. <laughs> um, I, my bust of the week, I would go with Cam Newton. I know we were just talking about him. Mm-hmm. He just cannot throw the ball. I, I I don't know. I think his job is in jeopardy. He just does not look good. At, his job it definitely is not in jeopardy. But, I mean, come on. <laughs> well, I mean, if he gets injured again, which has kind of been the yeah. MO lately, like, yes, I could see that. Like, because he doesn't look right now, that makes mm. me worry about every hit he takes. Yeah. You know, like, every time he rushes and gets dinged up, uh, any time, you know, he takes a sack, like, if mm. that shoulder gets aggravated at all, yeah. that could be it. You know, he yeah. could be out for an extended period of time, and that scares me a little bit. I think yeah. that he's probably a, a very good candidate. Uh, no touchdowns on the day, outside the top 20 quarterbacks against a bad Buffalo team. Like, that yeah. was a matchup where he should have done pretty well. Yeah. He didn't, and that worries me. Now, yeah, I think absolutely. you can also 
take the frame that we looked at Tom Brady with in week one and apply that to Cam Newton in week two. Like, they still yeah. won. Like, mm-hmm. Carolina looks okay. Their defense is good. Yeah. But, yeah, we got to see Cam get right eventually, and, and this yeah. was a bad game for him. And he's not getting those rushing yards. Like He's not no. going to. I mean, they're not going to open him up for injury. No. That's why they, they it, took McCaffrey, like we said before, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, <laughs> that's the big red flag for me is the fact that because he doesn't look right, we know that he's probably not 100% healthy. Yeah. If he's not 100% healthy, he's not going to run as much. Mm-hmm. And that severely hinders a lot of the value that he brought to the table. Yeah. For me, it's probably Russell Wilson, yeah. just based on expectations. Like, mm-hmm. Buffalo is a bad team, but you can see that story unfolding where Cam Newton doesn't need to do much because their defense is good. Yeah. Russell Wilson going into San Francisco yeah, should geez. have been a fireworks show. Yeah. But you know, the Niners played them pretty tough. Yep. Uh, the Seattle offense looked like a mess for most of the game. Like, mm-hmm. not only were the receivers dropping passes, but Russell Wilson was missing throws. He did not look that yeah. good to me as I was watching. I, I expected him to do so much better, and he was just not that good. He salvaged his day late with, you know, some chunks of rushing yards, which mm-hmm. is good. Like, that's the opposite of what we – like, we wanted to see that from Cam. Yeah. We didn't get it. We needed it from Wilson to kind yeah. of save his day, and he gave it to us. He also gave us that late touchdown to Paul Richardson. Yeah. I mean, Wilson was fine, but considering the matchup, he should have been much better. And so yeah. for me, he's the bust. Yeah, I 100% agree. You could, you cannot have a better matchup on paper. You know, mm-hmm. they're minus 14. They're at home. It's San Francisco. Coming off a bad week. That O-line is in shambles, and you should be worried about almost every Seattle player. I know I love Chris Carson, mm-hmm. but he's going to have some duds, too, because yep. that O-line is not going to give him any holes whatsoever. Does that know? make you reevaluate the Niners' offense at all? Because I, I watched that game, and I was pleasantly surprised at how they played. And, again, like, it's, it's hard to read too much into it because... Seattle's offensive line is such a problem Mm. and because they're you know they just generally didn't look like they were playing very well but I wonder if this Niners team is not as bad of a defense as maybe we thought like we know the offense is bad Brian Hoyer stinks the receivers are bad but on defense it does seem like they can kind of keep their team in the game a little bit better than maybe we anticipated yeah. leading into the season. Do you agree? Yeah, I think so. I think it's a little mixture of uh, the Niners' defense is a little bit underrated, mm-hmm. and Seattle's offensive line specifically is just very, very bad. I think Russell Wilson's floor is still going to be high. I think he's still going to finish as a top 10 uh, uh, quarterback just because of, of those rushing yards. He's finally healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, last year he wasn't healthy at all. And he's going to get, I mean, they're going to be losing games now. It doesn't, I mean, they might go 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7, and seven and they're still going to win the division, you know. Yeah. but <laughs> And if he's flushed out of the pocket, because their O-line is bad, that usually is going yeah, to make hurt. him scramble a little yeah. bit more. He yeah. might get hurt. I think that's some downside, but yeah. I agree. I think he's probably still a safe floor play. Yeah. Anything else from week two you want to touch on? No. Okay. <laughs> I got a couple quick notes. Yeah. Uh, just based upon what we've seen so far, if I'm looking to start a quarterback, these are the defenses that I'm looking to avoid. Baltimore, definitely. Mm-hmm. Carolinas look good, although their schedule's been relatively easy. Tyrod mm-hmm. and the Niners. So right. I'm taking that with a grain of salt. Uh, the Rams, Seattle, Jacksonville, and Houston. Those are, yeah. if you're breaking ties, those are the defenses I don't want to start my QBs against. Now, if I have yeah. a good quarterback, you know, like an Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, whoever, mm. you can kind of overlook that stuff. Matchup but, proof. But yeah. those defenses are the ones I'm trying to avoid. Uh, are there any defenses you're trying to target just off the top of your head? Well, the Saints, definitely. That's <laughs> yeah. so easy, you know. The usual suspect. Right? Yeah, the yeah. usual suspect. Yeah, right. Um, uh, New England seems to still put up some pretty good stats. Mm-hmm. Like, Drew Brees didn't look that good at all. He still threw, I think, 350 yards, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, uh, Arizona, it looks like they might not be as good as we thought they were going to be. You know? They're a sneaky one. I'm still not super sold on them, but I think the Jets are up there. The Jets, yeah. Uh, the Colts, obviously. Bad teams, yeah. Cleveland Browns. Bad teams are definitely always going to yeah. be good. Uh, some of the better teams that can create 
that game script that we're looking for mm. without a great defense, Oakland and Washington. Yeah. Those are the two teams that if if I'm looking at a mediocre quarterback, mm. uh, especially one who maybe doesn't have quite as good of a running game, yeah. I want those guys starting against Oakland and Washington because, in theory, Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins with – how good their offenses should be yeah. can drive you know the other team to have to pass more and yeah. so i want that that game script prompting and i think they give that to yeah. you i think philadelphia will be in a lot of shootouts too mm-hmm. they're gonna be in a lot of fun games this year i right. like playing against philadelphia on the road philly yeah. at home their defense plays really well so that's the one yeah. place I, th- there's a distinction there to be made i think yeah um the other thing i want to note real quick before we get into the week two preview is that qb scoring is down like the first yeah. two weeks quarterback scoring on the whole, uh, is not what we're used to. If you look at last season, teams gave up an average of 16.4 points per game to quarterbacks. So that's every team, every quarterback, mm. that, or every quarterback yeah. combination that they faced. In week one, teams only gave up 14.1 fantasy points per game. In week two, you know, pending Monday Night Football, uh, the, the mark was 14.7 points per game. So yeah. you can play into that to some extent. You can look at this and say, okay, one, this makes sense because we've got a lot more bad quarterbacks right now just due yeah. to injury and benchings mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But two, we can expect some amount of bounce back, right? Like yeah. some, some some sort of recoil to those 16-point-per-game numbers that we saw last year. Yeah, I definitely agree. I know in week one, of the, I think the over-under went like 12-3 and three to the under. You know, there were so many games that went under. You're mm-hmm. right. It's going to be, you know, positive regression to the mean, you know, yeah. and it's going to go back to that 16, you know. So we're going to eventually see some pretty high-scoring uh, fantasy you know, points coming up. So if you feel yeah. like your quarterbacks have been screwing you to some extent, which yeah. is very likely considering yeah. how the first yeah. two weeks played out, like no matter who you own, like yeah. somebody's somebody's done you dirty. Like Tom Brady had a dud. I mean, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so you can look at that and say like, okay, let's not overreact. Yeah. Because you can look at the overall performance of the league and see that it's been generally disappointing. And then next, based upon what we saw last year, the year before that, we can expect these quarterbacks to start performing better. And, yeah. and I think for me... I see that, and I just come back to this notion that weeks one and week two, it's still the preseason for a lot of these guys. Yeah. They don't play much in the regular in the actual preseason, and so it's time for them to start, you know, delivering on that. Um, yeah. Week two preview coming up. Before we get there, quick note from our sponsor once again: PlayDraft.com. PlayDraft found a niche in the fantasy community, and they said, "What's missing here?" They said, "We love DFS, but we also love." Drafting, we love to draft teams and not necessarily just picking from a salary cap pool of players where everybody has access to the same guys. Like, I want to be able to snake the guys from my opponents. I want to pick my dude and I don't want anybody else to have access to that player. Play Draft has the answer. They have Snake Draft DFS and it's super fun. You got to check this out. You're playing for real money just like in any other DFS you know scenario and there are all sorts of entry levels in terms of how much you want to spend. They have leagues that only cost a buck. They have some that are way more than that. So if you, if you have a small budget, you can still enjoy yourself on draft. And if you really want to enjoy yourself, you can get your first draft for free by signing up through this podcast with our promo code. You go to playdraft.com slash 2QB. That's T-W-O-Q-B. And you use the promo code 2QB, spelled the same way, T-W-O-Q-B. Playdraft.com slash 2QB, promo code 2QB, Get on it, get drafting, check it out today. All right, so we went a little long on the the week one or the week two recap. I think I said week two preview. We, yeah. We're coming into the week three preview. Yeah, 
Let's actually, go back. Yeah, actually, we, we, I, we know the results. Yeah. <laughs> Marty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in all this. <laughs> Don't let Biff become president. Yes. <laughs> so the week three preview. <laughs> Streamer of the week. I, I feel like the options this, this week are interesting, but they're not quite as good as some of the guys we were looking at last week. Yeah. Uh, is there a player that jumps out to you, a quarterback, who you're excited to stream? And again, I'll note, like I did last week, that when I say stream, I mean a guy who maybe you didn't intend to start when you drafted him or picked oh, yeah. him up, but now, based upon the matchup, is a guy you are considering starting. Uh, yeah, sorry, is this for week two or week three? Week three. <laughs> okay, no, you're good. Um, How dare you? I know, what the hell? Uh, I actually, you know, we call me crazy. I thought Jacoby Brissett actually looked pretty good. <laughs> he's one of those, he's not bad. He just got traded, like, last week, two weeks ago, and he's starting in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He knows the throw at the T.Y. Hilton when he's open. He's got those rushing yards. He's got, I think, a relatively safe floor, actually. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to put up a dud. They already ruled out Andrew Luck for week three. It, Br- Brissett's only going to go up from here. You saw how good he looked, I think, week four last year in New England. He put up some nice stats. He had two two passing touchdowns and a handful of rushing yards. I don't know. I think for Jacoby Brissett might be in a few of my DFS teams. I have him in Scott Fishbowl. Oh, you do? I nice. played him this yeah. last week because yeah. oh, Bradford was hurt. Oh, jeez. And if Bradford is out again, I'm going to stream Jacoby Brissett yeah. again. There you go. And even if Bradford plays, I have something to think about between Brissett and Carson Palmer. So I love that call. Like I, yeah. I'm with you. Like he's a guy who you have to consider playing against Cleveland. It's just he's at home too, which is good. Yeah. Uh, th- there's some appeal there. I am hesitant because it's Jacoby Brissett, but I can't deny it, man. He's a guy you got to think about. Uh, it's all about those rushing yards. <laughs> what do you think about the other side of the ball? What do you think about Kaiser going against Indy? I, I like that a lot, too. I really okay. do. He he just had a dud performance, you know, in a game that he should have done a lot better. Yeah, it was he was in Baltimore, but I think he's going to have a nice bounce back week. Kaiser looks good, mm-hmm. and he hasn't looked really that good yet. Even though he lost Corey Coleman, I think Duke Johnson's going to be uh, have a big game coming up. That's the biggest I, red flag for me, is if Cor- Coleman is not playing, then... Who's he throwing to? Like yeah. we know that Kenny Britt is out of favor. Rashard Higgins, Ricardo Lewis, yeah, like Duke hey. Johnson. Like this is you know? not a murderer's row. So, someone's gonna be drinking curse. JJ right. Nelson. Somebody has to be. <laughs> That's uh, a great stack this week. <laughs> yeah, uh, a couple more. We, we mentioned Cutler earlier. Yeah, Cutler against the Jets seems like a really prime candidate. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think so, Devontae Parker is gonna have a nice, nice big game. Do you don't think they're gonna try to take him away a little bit? Kinda no, like they I, did with uh, um, what's his name. Yeah, I mean, they might. I think it, Parker just looks like a special talent. He really does. I'm buying into the okay. A.J. Green comparisons. All right. And, 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 I mean, Landry had like 12, 13 catches. I, I think Cutler's going to chuck it deep. He'll get at least one deep touchdown, I think. How about Semyon for the third week in a row? Oh, boy. <laughs> who, who are they playing next week? They get Buffalo, and they're at okay. Buffalo. So on the road, uh, away from Mile High, west not west coast, but western yeah. side of the country, traveling east is yeah. always a little dubious. Right, right. And Buffalo has... The game, I think, probably. Buffalo's yeah. look decent on defense. Now, to be fair, it was against Josh McCown and against Cam Newton, who we've already you know detailed the struggles of ad yeah. nauseum in this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I think that considering the state of quarterback in general... Yeah. It's true. The airman, <laughs> Semyon, like he has to count as a streaming candidate, and it, it might even be the the case where most people who own him are already confident starting him and are looking at him as an every week starter based upon what he's done. Now, I th- this yeah. is probably the week where we have to say, 
okay, pump the brakes. Yeah, right? pro- probably. It's going to be probably a very low over-under, and it's in bu- bu- Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Buffalo plays pretty good at home, especially defensively. I think Simeon is going to be a low-floor, low-ceiling guy. Well, and we, can, and we can see that the way that Denver is winning these games is with their defense, yeah. and Simeon has been somewhat fortunate based upon you know how many touchdowns he's been able to be a part yeah. of that if they only have to score 20 points mm-hmm. to beat the Bills which is very you know possible yeah if Semien only gets one of those TDs yeah. then he's instantly back to that QB2 rung where, You're right. we, where we believe it so i think that yeah. he's a guy that you should be careful of yeah that's definitely like his his upside is probably one or two touchdowns you know you're not going to you know it's not going to be a, a league winner i you think know? i think you can stream him because yeah, i mean you, you saw what he did in week 1 and week 2 he could do that again yeah, like for absolutely. sure but to count on him to do that week after week after week, I, that's foolish. Like yeah, I don't think that definitely. we can do that. I think that's a little definitely. Uh, crazy. I, I do think Demarius will eventually will score pretty soon. I like, hope so. He's due. I have him everywhere. <laughs> I have him too. Um, <laughs> we just, talked about how the Niners' defense looks surprisingly decent. Yeah. Um, what about Jared Goff this week? Is he a guy who you're willing to stream? Uh, yeah, you were in is last that, week. Yeah, I was. I know. I was all in on Jared Goff. He's uh, is it is that the Thursday game? The it is Thursday it is. night. Okay, and it's in uh, in L.A. In, no, it's no, in, it's, it's in, in San Francisco. Francisco. Oh yeah, nice in San. Clara. I mean, I, yeah. yeah it's, sorry, yeah. I almost called a candlestick. Santa I mean, <laughs> uh, no, I don't like it. I, those, those short weeks just have such boring games, you know. And yeah. and you know the Rams want that revenge for going zero and two against those Niners last year. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I really, uh, I'm staying away from Jared Goff. Absolutely, well, it's another game just like the Denver one where you can say, okay, what does LA have to do to win that game? Yeah. Not much. They not just much. have to stop Brian yeah. Hoyer. Yeah. Oh, boy. You know? So, yeah. not not too difficult. I, I think that we saw the Niners play tough against Wilson and Cam Newton, you know, for yeah. what it's worth, too. So, given that, Goff is not a guy I'm really looking to, to get into my lineups. Yeah, I, definitely. I think that there, there's think, so many of these other good options. Yeah, I think for that Thursday night game, I mean, I know the waivers will go through on, on Wednesday. In deep two QB leagues, you could probably pick up C.J. Beathard right mm-hmm. now because Hoyer looked terrible, and he is one more bad performance away from getting yanked, you know, and it might be a nice preemptive pickup because I don't think Hoyer has that long of a leash at all right now. Yep. Uh, a couple other guys worth mentioning just as potential flyers. Uh, noted Deshaun Watson earlier, that rushing yeah. upside always makes him yeah. playable, and the New England defense hasn't looked very good. So he's a guy you can stream, and Josh McCown going against Miami. I yeah. think that there's some potential there. I think he's boring, but he's yeah. usable. Like, I mean, yeah, 12 Rivers, to 15 points seems yeah. attainable. Yeah, Rivers has got 330 yards plus, you know, and he yeah. should have had more than one touchdown. So definitely McCown could get more garbage stats. Mm-hmm. I think that Miami defense is going to be a sneaky good one to stream against this year. If, yeah. It, just because... They don't have that stink on them like the Browns or the Colts, mm-hmm. but they still just might not be that good. Yeah, a lot of shootouts. Mm-hmm. That's why they got Cutler, you know? Yeah, totally. <laughs> Gunslinger in those shootouts. <laughs> uh, clipboard holder of the week, the guy oh. who you are benching, who you may not be you know, as high on. Let's kind of throw out Joe Flacco against Jacksonville and Tyrod Taylor against Denver. I think those are a little yeah. too obvious. Yeah. Uh, but other guys I'm looking at, Jameis Winston at Minnesota, Marcus Mariota at home against Seattle. Eli Manning at Philadelphia. I talked about how I like that Eagles defense when they're at home. Mm. Uh, Kirk Cousins going to Oakland, which let, let's start there because Kirk Cousins has not looked good. Two no. weeks in a row, he was a guy I've been you know banging the drum against Kirk Cousins. I've mm. said he was overrated through draft season. With that said, this matchup is probably too good to bench him, right? Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. This has a shootout written all over it. All you right. know, Oakland has proven to score a lot of points. 
and and cousin uh, cousins is due right. <laughs> if, if it's such Don't a thing. give me the is due. It's argument. due. Yeah, I like no, that narrative. No, you know, no, no. eventually he'll get points. You know, <laughs> no, I would not. I would be pretty happy at starting cousins this week. Okay, way. so I think that you're right. I think you have to start him based upon what what this matchup tells us. Yeah. With that said, if he struggles in this matchup, oh, yeah. then we know. Then we know yeah. that Cousins has, you know, he's having issues, whether it's the yeah. loss of Deshaun Jackson, mm-hmm. the change of, uh, you know, staff around him. Yeah. Like, th- there are concerns there already, and if he can't perform in a good matchup, you know, yeah. that's when it becomes time to potentially cut bait. Yeah, that would be a bit scary. I mean, there's no better motivation than money, and he's in his contract year, and he wants that money. That's how he didn't re-up with Washington. So, totally. I think he's going to definitely bounce back. Eventually, we'll, we'll hopefully see. This yeah, week. He, <laughs> hopefully because, this week because Jeff says he's due. He's due. Yeah, how can you go away from that logic? Yeah. <laughs> so with those guys kind of ruled out, Flacco, Tyrod, and Cousins, we I, I noted Winston, Mariota, Manning. Yeah, is it one of those guys for you who who is the biggest stay away, or is there somebody else? Uh, Eli does not look good at all. I know we're watching it's first quarter right now. They haven't done anything, but Eli just doesn't look right at all. Like mm-hmm. on on paper, I mean, him having Brandon Marshall and Odo Beckham looks great, but that offense just looks completely inept. I'm staying away every week until he's he can prove anything. He just suddenly looked old. He looks like pa- old Peyton Manning, yep. you know? Uh, yeah. I, he, I mean, to be fair, he looked old last year too. He did. Yeah, exactly. Another reason, another guy mm-hmm. like Cousins, I was down on in the preseason because like you look at just his arm strength, it just didn't seem like it was there anymore yeah i think this game against detroit is going to be really indicative of how i feel about him next week because one if eli himself looks better that'll make me feel better about this match because like you said philly despite my notion that their defense is better at home they've given up you know plenty of passing stats through two weeks right the other thing i'm going to be watching for is how healthy odell beckham looks yeah because if he looks like he's back he really elevates Eli Manning's ceiling and his yeah. floor, to be honest. Like, Eli Manning is just a, a better player when OBJ is on the field. Oh, yeah. And so, with that in mind, if this game turns out in a way that Odell looks healthy, Eli looks a little better because mm-hmm. Odell is, is healthy, then I think that this matchup becomes a little more appealing. But I agree, this is a yeah. good one to, to steer away from. Yeah. Uh, Winston is the guy for me because yeah. it, while. I didn't watch him play on Sunday, yeah. I'll admit that. But when I look at his stats, when I look at what he posted, I'm worried, and he's going to Minnesota. Now, with that said, Minnesota hasn't really limited the quarterbacks that they've played from getting fantasy points. Like, they've right. you know stayed competitive mm-hmm. defensively, but they're one of those, like, Ben don't break type of defenses. So yeah. QBs will still get stats against them. Mm-hmm. This would be more of just a bet against Winston in general. If you look at that stat line that he posted in Week 2, and you are willing to buy into that, yeah. uh, Maybe he's a guy you avoid this week. Yeah. Now, with that said, I don't know if I'm starting any of those guys we noted earlier, streamers yeah. over Jameis Winston. Are you? Yeah, I don't, I'm not, definitely. Okay. I definitely am staying away from Jameis Winston, too. Minnesota's a lot better at home. You know, they've they proven to, like, last couple of years, be very good at home, especially defensively. And if you could take away uh, Mike Evans, you should be able to quiet Jameis pretty much. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, like, the ultimate with that team. They don't have Doug Martin back either yet. I think Mariota so. is the most interesting case here because... While I'm not too worried, I think that Mariota is good, and we've talked about how Mm. that offense is generally good. San Francisco showed what the blueprint was against Seattle. Like, run the hell out of the ball, Mm -hmm. beat them up up front. Like, don't let let that pass rush affect you by not passing, essentially. Right. And that makes me think that after they lost Corey Coleman, and I'm assuming Corey Coleman's not, or not Corey Corey Davis. Corey Davis, I'm assuming Corey Davis is not playing. Yeah. 
which makes makes this game look to me just like a Derrick Henry fest. You know, yeah. like potentially him just pounding that uh, Seattle front seven for most of the game. It, it, that's a good foil for that defense. I think that because of that, you could have a, a lack of volume for Mariota, and that will, that's what would make him disappointing. Not necessarily that he's not good enough to compete against the Seattle defense, just the fact that their game plan might be one that involves them not throwing very much. And this yeah. is that exotic smash-mouth concern we've had with <laughs> Tennessee for two years now. Yep, absolutely. I mean, that's how you play in Seattle. You're not going to throw on the Legion of Boom, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, you're, it's going to be a low-scoring game. It's going to be boring. You're going to pound it with Derrick Henry. You know, you're just going to try to win an ugly game. And so, Well, especially because yeah. they lost their home opener against Oakland, too. Yeah, like, this is their second home game. Seattle's coming to town. They're, yeah. And they're going to want to show off Henry, yeah. you know, as that you know future of the franchise i think that that's the that's the narrative that makes the most sense but it's also like the game plan like mm. scheming against seattle that makes the most sense to me and that's why i'm worried about mariota would yep. you rather start mariota or eli manning oh boy i'm still starting mariota because that floor of the rushing yards i mean he's still gonna get those rushing yards. yeah i'm yeah. on board totally yeah. um mm. any what about the tweeners the guys who have a wider range of outcomes who is there anybody who you're most curious about or who, who's just the toughest quarterback for you to evaluate in week three Oh, wow. I think um, probably Big Ben. You know, he's so up and down now, you know. Going he, on the he, road again, too. Going on the road. Yeah, that, that narrative. I hate that narrative. I hate it, too. It I wrote it up in my week one rankings. Oh, did, like, yeah. I, I am anti that narrative because it's not just Big Ben. Like, most yeah. quarterbacks are worse on the road. Yeah. That's just how it works. That's the thing. Yeah. Yes. Like, Aaron Rodgers is worse on the road. Tom right. Brady, worse on the road. Like, these players, like... It's like, harder to play on the road. Yeah, these splits aren't going to be that crazy. It's going to yeah. come back down to earth, you know? Oh, yes. Detroit just scored. Uh, it's going to come back down to earth. I want him to have a big game just to stick it to all those people that, that think that Big Ben suddenly is just terrible on the road. He's a veteran. He knows how to play. He's played in hundreds of road games. You know, he'll be fine. You know? <laughs> Defensive touchdown. Def- for I know. The Lions here. That vaunted Lions defense. Ugh, God, like, I mean, what did they, Eli do? Oh, jeez. I mean, they had they've had the fortune of playing against Carson Palmer oh, yeah. and Eli Manning. Oh, Jesus, Eli. Oh, he might have so been bad. down. It's hard to say. Anyway, yeah. but he stayed in the pocket for like ten seconds. He's down. Yeah, that's no. not going to be a TD. But yeah. still, but Eli, Eli's terrible. Eli Man, Eli Manning <laughs> getting sacked, fumbling the ball. Like these are the concerns with him, right? You look at you yeah. look at them having the same sort of O line problems that that Dalton and Cincinnati have. Right. And you know that Philadelphia has a good defense. Yeah. At home, especially. Eli Manning's the guy that I'm sitting. Like, yeah. I'm with you. Mariota, even like, though he's playing against Seattle, even though I don't like the potential game script for him, yeah, I, I'm benching Manning first yeah, if I have those too. two guys. Yeah, and he's going to go down real fast. He has no rushing yards. I think he had negative rushing yards last mm-hmm. year. And he was like the worst NFL history. So, yeah, when, it, when his arm strength goes, his entire game goes. So let's play the same game with all the streamers that we talked about earlier. Are you starting Jared Goff over Eli Manning next week? Uh, probably. It's the Niners, you know. And we didn't even like Jared Goff. No, I don't, yeah. Okay, but, uh, Semyon, I assume, is a yeah, yes. Yeah. Kaiser is a yes. Yeah, Kaiser for sure. Brissett over Eli? Jacoby, uh, yeah, I like Jacoby too. I don't know. Right now, I'm... Eli's a straight fade until he can prove anything. I don't you know, know if I can pull the trigger. I love Jacoby. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see the rest of this game His and see how Jacoby, Eli does. you know? Come on. <laughs> uh, Desha- Deshaun Watson over Eli Manning? Yeah, definitely. Okay, uh, and right. Josh McCown. Josh McClown? Uh, I'd probably still go Eli over McClown. Okay. <laughs> So I think that's the that but I mean isn't that sad like we're talking about Eli Manning versus Jacoby yeah. Brissett yeah. and Josh McCown this like is crazy this is a Hall of Fame quarterback he is he is outside <laughs> of the top twenty quarterbacks probably outside of the top yeah. twenty five right now yeah. and 
that's terrifying if yeah. you own him, right? It's crazy. At best, you're hoping for low-end QB2 production from oh, Eli man. Manning. So It's a weird world. If you world. drafted Eli Manning, we I'm feel sorry. sorry for you guys. you got to put him Apologies. in. Apologies. Yeah. Um, what else are you interested in for week three? Anything? Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm looking for like a potential QB changes around the league. If it's not McCarron, you know, for mm-hmm. uh, specifically on Thursday, I like picking up those guys on Thursday because you can just cut them right after the game. You right. know, you just open up and like, keep the roster space open. If you're really uh, like, if you need a QB, just pick up CJ Pithard for mm-hmm. Thursday. It's a good matchup, you know. I, I mean, but if Hoyer does not look good, if if San Francisco is getting blown up, blown out against. LA, the LA Rams, just pick up Bithard. Who knows what's going to happen? You yeah. know, it's a lost season for the Niners. They got to see what they have in Bithard. He's a third round pick, I believe. And Hoyer is a stopgap option at best. You know, yep. he's not going to stay around at all. So at least see what you have. You know, give him some chance. He could be the QB of the future. And you don't even know it. Yeah, you Bithard. Know? I think the Arizona guys we mentioned, McCarron's a good one. Yeah. Um, looking at, I mean, again, if you want to really fade Cam Newton, you can do the Derek Anderson play like we yeah. talked about. If your benches are deep enough and you have those roster spots to play with, mm. backup QBs, man, because they're the one position that can just skyrocket in value. Like, look at Jacoby Brissett, a guy yeah. that we've talked about at length right. on this pod. He's a guy who, you know, three weeks ago had zero value. You could yeah. have had him for free, and mm-hmm. now he's the starting quarterback for a Colts team that's admittedly not very good, right. but that starting role itself is valuable. Yeah. And so if you end up with... C.J. Pathard, you know, another guy who has rushing potential yeah. coming in for that's Hoyer, right. even though that's a bad situation for Bethard, yeah. if he has a role, like, that's that's something you can, you know, you can exploit in fantasy. Uh, and it, maybe right. it just opens up an avenue for you to trade away one of your one of your other quarterbacks. Right. Or you find the owner who had Hoyer and you yeah. leverage the fact that they lost Hoyer yeah. and say, hey, C.J. Pathard is yours. I don't even want that much. Just give me yeah. this guy from your bench. Yeah. And, like, you're making your team better, and you're doing it by exploiting the need for quarterback, the demand for quarterback in yeah. these two QB leagues. Yeah, well, um, yeah, one good thing about Bathard, if he does take that job, he's not giving it up. It, it, they're going to see what they have the first totally. of the year. Yeah. You know? it's the same Hoyer's thing not with, taking it back. Same you know? thing with Kaiser and Cleveland. Like, yeah. He's, well, he's there to potentially become the starter long term. Yeah. They're going to see what they got. Now, yeah. whether they can stay healthy through all that, that's a secondary question. Right. Um, other stuff I'm looking for. We've mentioned Cam Newton and his struggles, but he gets to play New, New Orleans. Yeah. The yeah. all for fans. The juiciest of all juicy matchups. If right. you want to sell Cam, I would actually wait until after this week. Right. So wait until he, I mean, he might put up like 200 yards, two touchdowns, sell, sell all the way, you know? <laughs> so let's see if he can get right there. Um, I'm also looking to see if Trevor Simeon can keep it up. I'm curious to see about that. Uh, Bradford's status is interesting to me just yeah. because I own him everywhere. Yeah. Because uh, I have no interest in Case Keenum, really. But I, I think that if Bradford can get healthy for week three, he's a guy I want to get back in my lineups. Uh, away from quarterback, I'm looking at the Washington running back usage with Rob Kelly's injury. Mm. Does Chris Thompson become a higher-used player? Like, you noted yeah. that what he did on Sunday was kind of fluky. Not a whole yeah. lot of touches, but really efficient play on those limited touches. Yeah. If he becomes a more regular feature in that offense... Oh, yeah. That's one thing. Now, on the flip side, Samaj P. Ryan is a guy who got a lot of hype in the preseason as mm. you know a player that people suspected was better than Rob Kelly and, and right. a guy who was going to take over that job sooner rather than later. This might be his opportunity yeah. to do it. So if you invested in P. Ryan um, or maybe someone else in your league after seeing what was going on, cut mm. P. Ryan. Yeah. He's a guy who you can target on waivers as a potential bust out. Yep. Um, the last thing I'm really looking for in this week is just more data. Like I want to see... Yeah more on the on the situations that I'm curious about and that I don't have a good feel for, specifically on defenses. So I want to see how the Carolina defense does against Breeze because yeah. so far 
they've looked really good against quarterbacks, but the quarterbacks they face haven't been good. Um, mm-hmm. I want to see Seattle versus Mariota. I want to see both sides of that matchup, right? I want yeah. to see how Mariota does against a good defense. I want to see how Seattle does against that another punishing run team with a mobile quarterback. Yeah. Um, Philadelphia versus Eli, we've, we've talked about that. Uh, Arizona versus Dak Prescott. Like, yeah. Arizona hasn't looked very good, and they were supposed to be a good defense. Now, mm-hmm. a lot of that has to do with the fact that their friggin' offense keeps turning the ball over like crazy. Yeah. Maybe they, if they can stay off the field for a little bit more, like get better time of possession for the Cardinals, does that make their defense a little better? Because mm-hmm. Dak's a guy, I think, who has also been a little disappointing. Yeah. Despite the I fact think, that he looked okay against yeah. Denver. You yeah. Know, he put up stats. He got exposed a little bit, you know. In week one, too. In, yeah, week one, yeah. Yeah, Dak might not be the best passer, you know. <laughs> well, it, it, it's natural to assume some sort of regression with him, though, right? Like, yeah. he was a rookie last year. He totally overperformed expectations. Yeah. He should be worse this year. Absolutely. Like, yeah. like how much worse, you know? <laughs> great question. That's yeah. what, and that's why, like I said, I want to see more. I want to get more data. Yeah. Uh, I the other, the other defense I want to see is San Francisco. Can they yeah. keep up their solid play, especially against a bad quarterback in golf? Like, mm-hmm. they've faced some good ones, or quote-unquote good ones, in Wilson and Cam Newton so far. My concern with San Francisco is they might just get dominated by Todd Gurley. But yeah. we'll see. And the other teams I want to get more info on are the two that we only have one game of, Miami and Tampa Bay. Yeah. Did you see anything besides Jameis's play from those two teams that maybe changed your opinion on those offenses? That they looked about the same. Jaquiz looked like Jaquiz. You know, Mike Evans is amazing. He's mm-hmm. going to be a, a top receiver. Well, no you're you're high on Parker as well. Yeah, yeah, par- huge on Parker. Where yeah. do you land on Jarvis Landry? Because I didn't watch any of that game. Does he look like a guy who maybe? Because yeah. once the Parker hype started to come up. Yeah, Jarvis Landry just started to fall yeah. down ADP. Got, People are like, oh, well, he's not going to do anything. Yeah, he's going to get suspended. What's happening? Yeah, uh, Landry's going to be very valuable in PPR leagues. It looks like he's going to be a he's same a, old, same. He old. should have been a second or third round pick in PPR leagues. He's he, he's. It looks like his floor is going to be 120 catches. Which okay. is, he's an extension of the run game. He's gonna. I mean, he only run. He's like Golden Tate. He's only run routes like within five yards of the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he's just going to rack up those catches. And like, if you want a very, very, very safe option in PPR leagues. Uh, Jarvis all the way, yep. but 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 Devonte Parker. I mean, even with that home That's run, dude. He's yeah, he's gonna get. A t- he's gonna have a game where he scores three touchdowns. Cool. I think. <laughs> and I, I again, I didn't see the game, but based upon the reaction I saw on Twitter, based upon the box score, it also yeah. looks like Jay Ajayi is just fine. Yeah, he looks. If fine. you invested a second round pick in him, you know, you you knock on wood every time you say his name, hope that yeah. he can stay healthy. <laughs> but he's a guy who seems like he's going to return on that investment, which is which is good, especially yeah. from an early round running back. Because as we noted earlier, zero RB is. Yeah kind of been the it seems like it's been the right move to this point in the season yeah Again, definitely only two weeks yeah got uh one more game left here to go and then we'll be on to week three yeah jeff i want to thank you for coming on man um i encourage the listeners to check out jeff's uh draft King qb picks on fridays at two qbs.com um tell the folks where else they can find you like social uh, media like you stuff. can find me on twitter at jeff d 119 and yeah, thanks for having me, man. What's the one one nine for? Uh, it's my birthday. I know, okay. boring. Yeah, Fair <laughs> but, like my email address is uh, my email address is Jeff underscore nine five zero six six. Like I, I'm not the most creative. Old school zip code, man. I like Scotts it. Valley. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Represent right. Scotts Valley. <laughs> so if you have any questions for Jeff, be sure to hit him up on uh, on Twitter. Uh, you can hit me up there as well at Greg Sauce. You can hit up the the site itself uh at two qbs that's t-w-o-q-b-s uh email works as well two qbs at gmail.com spelled the same way as always i'll encourage you to rate and review the podcast uh we'd really appreciate your support in that way it helps us reach more people it helps us grow uh the site and the show and 
Uh, with that said, good luck uh, in week three. We will catch you next time. Adios. Adios.